Okay, so we continue our Sunday sermon sessions within the Gospel of John. And today we find ourselves in chapter 6, verses 16 to 21. But prior to the witnessed and recorded account of Christ walking on water, we must recognize the context in which John wrote the information, right? Jesus had since supernaturally fed 5,000 souls from five loaves of bread, poor man's bread at that, and two fish, proving that what may perceive itself insufficient to our standards is actually uh, more than enough with Jesus leading the way. Hmm? And this, of course, in verse 14, resulted in the people firmly convinced that Jesus was the prophet to come and needed to be forcefully placed into socio-political power. This, of course, to overthrow the Romans and take preeminence of the land. But the purpose of the Christ was not to establish an earthly kingdom built uh, by the hands of men, but rather a spiritual house crowned with the power of God. John chapter 18, verse 36. And if the Jews had been interpreting the scriptures as the author, in other words, God had intended, they'd have known this fact and received Christ for who he was and uh, who he came uh, or what he came to do. But because they were driven by misguided notions, they proceeded to act upon falsehood, as sadly most believers do today still. And it's interesting to note, Jesus was a man. God on earth, right? And though his purpose was not to come experience humanity, it certainly has been mentioned before in our studies and sermons. It is certainly a uh, product of this existence as a human being. He got to uh, become the recipient of the things we go through. And as a man, he was tempted in all things as we are tempted. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 would reveal that. So it was indeed wise of him to um, withdraw into prayer when he was tempted. And of course, if we follow our master and recognize his, uh, his instruction, his example, uh, we too. Uh, when we are tempted, should indeed pray, right? I mean, the rebuke he had, strong rebuke against the religious leaders of the day was because they were hypocrites, self-righteous, and they sought the praise of men. There's a reason many brethren, preachers, leaders fall into the category of receiving the praise of men. They seek it. It's a very tempting ordeal to be praised by men. And Jesus was a man on earth. Here, once again, 
The first time, of course, the temptation that was received from the devil, when the devil was tempting the Christ, and now here, his own people. We're going to make you king. For a human being experiencing this existence, yeah, I can be a king. I can receive the praise of men. What I tell them to do, they will do. I will conquer the enemies. I, you can see how this uh, endeavor would be tempting. But yet, he fought that temptation. He was capable of conquering it as a man because he sought the, uh, to be uh, obedient to his father. And to persevere through that kind of a temptation, he goes into prayer. And we be wise for the same, for the same reason. And so in verse 15, Christ withdrew himself from the hostilities of the day. And when in turn, uh, uh, at times, uh, uh, and we in turn, if you will, at times are wise to do the same when misguided brethren seek to make us something we were not called to be or go places we were never meant to go, right? We must remain focused on the goal. And what is the goal? Reach the faithless, the unbelievers, right? We got to reach them. Renew the fallen, those who once were within the many spiritual blessings and grace of our Lord and Master, who were once numbered among us, who have since withdrew themselves of their own free will, have gone away. Our purpose is to renew them, to renew the fallen. And, of course, to reinforce the faithful. Those who walk with Christ each day need to be comforted, need to be encouraged, and at times need kind words and kind practice and uh, seek uh, uh, and are in need of benevolence. All these things, we reinforce the faithful. <clears throat> Some brethren are not in the church for that purpose but rather for their own selfish desires. So we faithfully withdraw from those kinds as our Lord would command. Romans chapter 16, verses 17 and 18. And so John's gospel within context to verse 16 and following will record the account in relation to Christ and his disciples, teaching us that the will of God is most important. And though we may initially not seek to understand, finding ourselves away from Jesus is uh, never the answer. Is never the answer. And some of us may have experienced that. Some of us may have thought, well, I need to go away from God. Or perhaps at the moment, of course, when we find our independent accountability. You see, we belong to God from the moment of conception throughout our period within the womb of our mother. And through the birth, we live on many years in the security of Christ, belonging to him as innocent children. But then we reach an age of accountability where we now are capable of discerning right and wrong, where we are now accountable to the law of our Lord and Master, his law of mercy and grace, when we start to recognize maybe we have spoken lies to our parents. Maybe we have practiced rebellious things. Maybe we are guilty of lawlessness. And most times, sadly, we choose to remain in that state which is alien to God. We are no longer with him. We've separated ourselves from him. 
so we must now seek to return to him is of course the idea revealed in the scripture christ the answer the cure so john's gospel of course uh, within the context to verse 16 and following will record the account in relation to Christ and his disciples, teaching us that the will of God is most important, and though we may initially not seek to understand, finding ourselves away from Jesus is never the answer. We need to understand that those moments we've had, it, it didn't bring any, any productive light or any joy at all. So in verse 16 it says, and I quote, Now when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea. Verse 17 and after getting into a boat, they started to cross the sea to Capernaum, which lies 690 feet below sea level and is about 150 feet deep. It had already become dark, the text says, and Jesus had not yet come to them. And we think to ourselves with this text spiritually having spiritual insight, away from Jesus is darkness, weakness. So the devil knows we are vulnerable and proceeds to set his attack. Now we read verse 18. The sea began to be stirred up because a strong wind was blowing. And a, commenta a commentary would reveal that cool air from the southeastern tablelands can rush in to displace the, the warm, moist air over the lake, churning up the water in a violent squall. That, of course, being the science behind the activity they found themselves in. But through the spiritual lens, we can see how we find uh, applicable uh, uh, practice to our days uh, in recognizing the text. So in verse 19, then when they had rowed, in other words, hard labor, about three or four miles, which is approximately 600 feet from the shoreline, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near to the boat. In other words, the source of salvation they see. And they were frightened, the text says, perceiving to witness a ghost-like figure. The other accounts of gospel writ would reveal that very moment within their hearts, their minds, as they are frightened. But he, the verse, verse 20 would say, but he, Jesus, said, spoke words to them. And what did he say? It is I. Do not be afraid. It is I. Do not be afraid. So here we have ourselves, believers, disciples, who are away from the Christ, vulnerable, in darkness, amidst a violent storm. And they see a figure, Jesus, and thinking to be a ghost, they are greatly frightened. And it's interesting to note the disciples were frightened at what they saw. 
but were comforted and convinced from what they heard. It's important we don't allow ourselves to be frightened by what we see, but rather find comfort in what we hear, the Word of God, the Holy Bible. Our eyes can be deceiving, confusing us away from reality, but the Word of God is truth, and it will indeed set all who follow Him free, right? So verse 21, they were willing to receive him into the boat. And immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. Fascinating, truly interesting to see the text reveal this account and how we can find spiritual application to the things taking place. In the connection from the context of what had since transpired with miraculous activity from the Christ. The Christ had fed 5,000 souls. The people who witnessed this miraculous account sought to forcefully have Jesus become the king, for they sought a earthly power to conquer the Romans and gain territory for Judaism. But that was not the purpose of the Christ. It was to bring forth the new covenant, which was a spiritual house. And so there must have been some disappointment, some discouragement, some confusion, some uncertainties from the discipleship because ultimately, look at the temptation. Finally, we don't need to be under the oppression of the Roman power. Here is the prophet we've read. But you see again the misguided uh, uh, teachings of their leaders were not being honest and transparent with them to teach them the spiritual power that was coming with the Christ and the kingdom in which he would be crowned. And so there is a withdrawal. There is a separation that takes place and the disciples are now found without Christ with them in their boat. And so they are in darkness and vulnerable to foreign threat, violent winds, rushing waters. And Christ, who is most graceful, who is most merciful, appears for salvation yet again. But they are frightened at what they see, but yet are comforted by what they hear. There is so many, uh, there is so many, uh, uh, um, how should I say this? Uh, there are many utilities uh, to the account in our lives this day and how we operate with the faith we have in our Lord and Master. So away from Jesus, if we, if we look in the mirror with the account and we seek the message within our hearts, we often, oftentimes, find ourselves in locations of potential danger. Right? We do, certainly. Such is the spiritual warfare of our lives on this earth. And it is true 
that when we begin to see Jesus through the inspired words of the Holy Bible, which is the source of our salvation, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, for who he truly is, which is all-powerful and authoritative, Matthew 28, uh, verse 18 to 20, all authority has been given to him, that our call to change, in other words, repentance, right, the way we think and live is indeed frightening. At times, we are not productive in evangelism because we take it from the perspective of one whose faith has been uh, uh, since um, all taken for granted. Well, can't you just read what it says? We have this frustration with the fallen world. But can we not go back to our moment where Jesus saved us and how that was frightening when we began to read his words and see how much we needed to change in our lives? It is indeed frightening that what men have forcefully made us to be is not what Christ would have us to be. We are creatures of habit, of course, and when our habit has been away from God, we find comfort under the wing of a dragon. And Christ has come to redeem us from the, from, from the debt we owe to the dragon. And that is a scary moment for us to be legally released from the slavery of sinful practices and beliefs. Because if we choose to receive Jesus into our boat, well, who knows what's going to happen? It is true. It's an undeniable fact of our faith, the gospel revealed. It is true that we will lose relationships, perhaps employments, and our own sinful practices. But the focus is not on what we lose, but rather on what we gain, which is salvation, freedom, safety, a better way of life. Which life? Eternal life. And what does it mean for you and I this day to receive Christ into the boat? Well, being born again out of water and the Spirit added to His kingdom. And this gospel, this good news, is available to everyone who is poor in spirit. Matthew 5, 3. Seeking salvation. Seek ye first the kingdom. Matthew 6, 33. And it all goes back to, of course, the theme uh, and, and the context of the gospel. Jesus is the source of our salvation. To be saved by Jesus, one must be in Christ, the doorway. He is indeed through, of course, being immersed, plunged, dipped, submerged, clothed, buried, this takes faith. How did the disciples receive comfort and receive Jesus into the boat? Not by what they saw, but what they heard. And how do we today do the same? By what we've heard. When we read the words of our Lord and Master and recognize how far we had gone into this dark and fallen world, he appears, and it is frightening, 
But when he speaks, if we are truly seeking, it will grow in us this trust, a conviction. It is truly powerful to recognize the text. And we read again here. Now when evening came, his disciples went down to the sea. And after getting into a boat, they started to cross the sea to Capernaum. It had already become dark, and Jesus had not yet come uh, to them. The sea began to be stirred up because a strong wind was blowing. Then, when they had rowed about three or four miles, they saw Jesus walking on the sea and drawing near to the boat, and they were frightened. But he said to them, It is I, do not be afraid. So they were willing to receive him into the boat, and immediately the boat was at the land to which they were going. Isn't that something? Two miraculous accounts. The first one, Christ walking on water. The second one, this here moment in which they are in a safe location. So they were found in a location of danger, vulnerability to all kinds of foreign threat. And through the word of Christ, they received, they were now found outside, they were found inside, but outside of danger, inside a location of safety. Truly, truly, I say to you, unless you are born again, See, we are found in the location of sinful enterprise. Captivated and charmed into all sorts of erroneous religious beliefs and practices. Whether it be ritual uh, uh, or it be tradition or it be uh, all sorts of things. Christ is seeking to set us free from that location. Bringing us to another location, a location of safety and security. And the path within, and the transition, the way into or out from the world and into the spiritual realm is Christ. And that is done through the birth that is commanded of us out of water and the spirit. We may be found in the world in uh, various uh, false religious uh, uh, thoughts and beliefs, denominationalism. We may be captivated and, 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 and uh, 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 in bondage to sinful practices, lying, uh, thieving, uh, fornication, adultery, homosexuality, uh, murder, abortion, uh, uh, all these things that are destroying us. And we sadly find comfort in those things. But it's misguided. And Christ wants to remove us away from those things. And the only way to do that is to hear his word and obey his word. Whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. But whoever does not believe shall be damned. For the unbeliever though he or she may hear his word, will choose to neglect and reject. And so he or she will never be immersed into Christ. 
So the account witnessed and recorded here has great wealth of spiritual information for our lives today. For we who are faithful in Christ, members of his unique church, the church he said he would build, he built. It was built as the prophets had prophesied, birth from the mind of God. In Jerusalem, it came with great outpouring power from the Holy Spirit upon the twelve chosen vessels, the apostles who stood up among the people and proclaimed the death, burial, resurrection, witness, and ascension of the Christ. And all who received that word were no longer found in the middle of the sea with a storm, but were now safely at shore with Christ. Dear friends, we must have independent faith. We don't follow pastors and priests and popes and reverends. We don't follow moms and dads and co-workers and neighbors. We must follow Christ, His Word. That is the power, the instruction and the power to set one free through this new birth. And it is indeed available for all who have breath in their lungs and a thinking mind. And it is indeed something that will happen immediately. When a soul goes down into the water, the sins remain there, and he or she comes up out of the water, immediately washed of sins. Acts 22.16 Once in Christ, we must work to be faithful. And of course, these things we receive through the grace of God, not by any boastful, meritorious works, but rather our love towards Him, our trust in Him, faith. And we must remain faithful to Him. But at times some lose faith and withdraw themselves from the location of safety. They go away from the peaceful shore and they find themselves back within the middle of the sea and the darkness and the turmoil of sin and chaos and division. We show them Christ, they are initially frightened. We speak his word, they begin to grow once again the comfort. And salvation is always available to the individual who is seeking, who has the intellectual capability and heart to move forward. So much information in this uh, portion of scripture that is applicable to our lives this day. It is truly a, an interesting uh, uh, session to embrace and to see within our own selves where we find our faith and what we need to improve or change and how Christ is the uh, agency to that uh, to that change. Okay, well, that will conclude our sermon session for this uh, hour, and uh, we will now proceed with uh, a song. When the master makes the final call, and you have to leave this earthly ball, well, where are you gonna hide, where you gonna hide on that great day? Will you hear the Lord say, Come well done? 
into the mountains will you run? Say, where, oh, where are you going to hide, you gonna hide on, on that, that great, great day? Great day. Oh, where, oh, where are you going to hide, where you gonna hide when the earthquake rocks the world? world. Oh, where, oh, where, where are you going to hide, hide when the sun from space, space is hurled? Oh, where, 